This is Marco Reus, and you're listening to the Yellow Wall Podcast. Dortmund can do late goals. Seven, 90 or beyond in the league so far this season. Here comes Paco Alcacer! Another one! Unbelievable! Long drama for Dortmund in the title push! Oh my goodness! Hello all and welcome to episode 273 of the Yellow Wall Pod. It's the big one, the big game ahead of us, Borussia Dortmund against Bayern Munich. To me, arguably the biggest game for Dortmund since the Champions League final. And um, because of that, we will have a couple more episodes. And you can already listen to my talk with Archie Rintut from uh, Fox, who was at the Wolfsburg game. And uh, we talked about that in length, so we don't have to do that now. So here with me is the very special one and only Konstantin Eckner. Hello, Konstantin. How are you doing? Hi. Uh, I just realized I'm the special one, <laughs> according, to, according to you. <laughs> just don't let it get to your head. Too late. It's too late. Uh, it's already too late. All right. All right. Um, anyway, we will, I think, predominantly take a look at the... Uh, tactical aspect of the game between Dortmund and Bayern Munich. Dortmund right now two points up and even if they lose they will only trail Bayern by one point. Konstantin, before we get into the thicks of it, um, what do you think uh, will be the factor of uh, the last weekend's results going into this game? I mean it changes the dynamic of the game uh, to some extent because right now uh, looking at the table um, Bayern, they don't have to win, but they should win. Um, it's a home game. And I think because they lost, uh, against Liverpool, um, early on a few, a couple of weeks ago, they are ho the home, a deciding home game in a Champions League, um, matchup against Liverpool. And it was quite disappointing for Bayern because, you know, they had the home game advantage, basically home game advantage playing the second leg at, at home and, and they lost. Um, and there was a lot of criticism towards, uh, Kovac for his approach, he was too hesitant um, and didn't take too much risk um, playing against a another top tier team, uh, but ha having you know home field advantage. So um, I guess that uh, Bayern they feel the pressure a little bit and they think they have to go for a three pointer here, um, also to overtake Dortmund. Otherwise, they have to wait for Dortmund to stumble one more time, which I think we all know is. Likely, uh, <laughs> it's likely. Yeah, it's 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 likely. Yeah, a couple of matches left, and I think it's very likely that Dortmund will stumble stumble at least one more time. On the other hand, you you saw that Bayern uh, only play uh, played to a draw against Freiburg, a, a team Freiburg, uh, which it is, um, which usually loses these matches against uh, the, the uh, Dortmund and Bayern. Usually they get beaten decisively. Um, I mean, Dortmund has played them so often the past few years and, and beat them uh, so many times. Uh, when, you know, at sometimes with uh, like four or five goals or something, if I remember correctly. Um, so I don't know what, what's what's really going on uh, in, in the heads of Bayern players, but I think they have to go for now for a three-pointer. 
if it, it would be a different situation with Bayern and, and, and Dortmund even, but Bayern leading on goals, um, then, or uh, due to goal different, the better goal difference, um, then, you know, it, there were, the dynamic would be a little bit different. Dortmund would have to go for, for, for the win here. But right now it isn't. Uh, but on the other hand, you can't really play uh, to a draw, um, you know, on purpose, usually, uh, because that that will usually bite your in the in your backside. <laughs> um, and and so, so for, for Dortmund, it's not like they can go out there and just say, okay, uh, right now we just defend defend what we have here, uh, goalless draw, uh, because that won't really work out, especially against Bayern, because Bayern, uh, even the Freiburg match, you could see that they are there's always a chance. Even if they have some trouble uh, creating creating goal scoring opportunities, they have always the chance to score from from like different situations because or due to the intellectual quality of the likes of uh, Lewandowski, Coman, Napri, uh, Rodriguez. So it's not like um, you can just hope uh, to to play a goalless draw uh, at, at Munich. That's not what you should do. You have also uh, to go out and take some risks. Um, so, but it still changes the dynamic of the match to some extent. And and uh, like of, of course for Dortmund fans and the supporters and the team itself, it it gives them a little bit of an advantage. Um, they can play a little bit differently. Um, if they are trading by one goal up to the 70th minute or so, 70th minute, um, then. It, you know, there's still a chance just to, to score one more goal and you, you, you got the draw and you're still ahead of Bayern on, on the table. So, uh, well, we will see. Well, I would approach it this way from the dynamic standpoint is simply that Dortmund don't have to, uh, have to win as, as much as Bayern do. And I think, uh, they can be a little bit more comfortable, but I agree with you in, in, in so far that if you don't take risk against Bayern Munich, that's the biggest risk. Of all, because if you just try to sit back and defend, they will, you know, they have the means to create goals. And then you're basically a sitting duck and have to hope that they just miss all their chances. And that's uh, never, never really a good plan. Um, Konstantin, if I remember correctly, we both predicted a little bit that Bayern would have some sort of collapse after um, the international break if they should go out. Um, in the Champions League, because we both, I think, thought that uh, if tensions drop among Bayern players, that uh, then, you know, they uh, might, after the international break, where it's never easy to motivate yourself, you know, after all this travel and so on, Dortmund struggled as well against Wolfsburg, could, you know, put it a little bit in a, in a similar narrative, if you, uh, narrative, if you want. But, um, yeah, I, I think that still holds true, but I don't know how how much it will hold true for uh, the Bayern Dortmund game in particular. I think uh, for that game, there will be no faltering or drop of tension for Bayern Munich. I, I think they will be at their very best and uh, they have the full roster available. Niko Kovac can basically choose and, and pick the lineup however he wants. I think only Ayan Robben is out and... Um, Manuel Neuer is doubtful. Obviously, since we're recording this on a Tuesday, we are not entirely sure if there might be another injuries in their, you know, high profile cup match at home to freaking Heidenheim. So, <laughs> uh, I don't know. They probably will play the, the, the second squad or something like that. Um, but I don't we, think so. Actually. But we'll see. So, Konstantin, bef- <laughs> 
I, I guess when, when we looked at the lineup, um, the, the first thing that obviously popped out and, and might be a question that we might discuss for a whole hour, hour now is, uh, who will play as left back in, in Dortmund? Uh, Achaf Hakimi sadly is out for the season now with a broken foot. Um, Abdu Diallo was also subbed off against Wolfsburg. Um, and his calf injury means that he won't be back. So, um, yeah, that leaves you with a fit Marcel Schmelzer. But uh, Lucien Favre so far has not showed a lot of love for good old Schmelle. So do you think in, in this game you will go with the experience ex-captain or do you think that Favre will try to do something else like Zagadou as left back Guerrero or as you had suggested pre-pod, maybe even Lukas Piszczek, which is something I, I don't personally want to see, but um, Lukas Piszczek is uh, back in full team training as of Tuesday. I don't know if that's going to be enough for him to play on a Saturday after being out for so long. I honestly don't know. But let's assume he can play a couple of minutes or even start and then uh, play for 60 minutes or so. Um, how would you approach the... Uh, problematic left back problem <laughs> yeah so so i mean as you mentioned there are a couple of options uh none of them is ideal anything no anything uh anything but um just i mean schmelzer you know at his best at 100 percent, and you know i think we can we could trust him um there, there's Always some doubt uh, when it comes to Schmelzer playing against the likes of Knapri and Kimmich and so on. Uh, but still, he has done a, a tremendous job in a many of these matchups against Bayern, Real Madrid, Arsenal and so on over the years. Um, so, I mean, I would trust Schmelzer. However, because he hasn't really played, um, I mean, we, we looked it up since, since the beginning of October. Um, Last year, he has played uh, 110 minutes in the Bundesliga. Of course, he had injuries, but even right now, when he's when he's on the bench, uh, there's no love for him from coming from uh, Favre. Even like uh, when when they played uh, over the, at the weekend uh, last weekend against Wolfsburg, um, and Hakimi went out with an injury. Um, I mean, you could think that that's the time to bring on Schmelzer, but uh, he didn't. He brought on um, Kuhn Larsen. Yeah. Yes. Maybe it was, maybe it was uh, a substitution to you know get a more attacking-minded player on the pitch because at that point it was still a goalless draw. Uh, but still, I mean, usually you bring on your experience left back when another fullback's go, uh, you know, going down with an injury, but he didn't. So, I mean, there's, there's also the question why is Schmelzer even on the bench when he doesn't come on the pitch in, in a situation like that? Uh, it's just taking away a place. I know you can, you know, you can give uh, Balerdi or so, uh, or another uh, guy the, uh, the spot on the bench if, if that's the case. So I don't know what, 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 is, what that's all about, but there's not really trust in, Sch in, in Schmelzer's ability right now, coming from Farfrae at least. So, so we don't know. We don't know what Farfrae sees, uh, you know, during training sessions um, and so on. We, we don't know really. So, but there is doubt about uh, Schmelzer's at least ability to hold up against uh, Bayern Munich side, which is also uh, very, very much focused on these wing plays, very much focused on getting those those tremendously. 
effective wingers involved, uh, Napri, Ribery, Coman, Müller. Um, so no matter who will play uh, on Saturday, um, there is threat coming from these uh, wings and uh, Schmelzer has to defend them, has to defend at least the left side. Um, so I don't know if he's if he would be the right choice. An alternative, or there are two alternatives in my mind. Um, you mentioned Piszczek. I, I think Piszczek, if he's fit and ready to go, he will play on the right side, which would mean that maybe that frees uh, uh, Wolf to play on the left side. Because Wolf, throughout his not so long career has occasionally played on the left side, but of course more as a left winger, not as a left back. But still, he, he could he could be an an option against, especially against Zia uh, Schnapri, because Zia Schnapri is the most athletic winger um, Bayern has. He, he's he, you know he he really thrives uh, due to his speed. So maybe putting uh, or going up against him uh, with Wolf, who's also a great athlete not so much a great football in, in, in some uh, categories but a great athlete uh, maybe that's something you could do and, and another alternative would be to just uh, try out Guerrero when they signed Guerrero he was uh, a couple of years ago he was signed as a left back he won the Euros with Portugal as a left back he had a few outings as 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 a left back for Dortmund he disappointed uh, in all of them <laughs> but but yeah but still it's not like you would give him a job he, he hasn't done before and I think because of the last weeks and months where Guerrero um as a left winger, or as a even as a right winger against uh, Wolfsburg um, the other day, uh, very convinced, or he was very, very convincing, um, and he he just I don't know what it, what it is about him, but he th- doesn't commit many mistakes. So that's something to think about at least. Maybe he is an option. Maybe Farfer say, says that uh, at least Guerrero is in form. He's at 100%. He has, he has done a great job in in a, in a couple of previous matches. So maybe he's the guy uh, who should play as left back and then uh, yeah, who will play left winger? I don't even know. Probably Poon Larsen because Pulisic is out and Sancho will play on the, on the right side uh, in that case. But you know, it's it's at least uh, something to think about. Um, other than that, I don't know what what you could do. Sagadu as a left back. Problem is, you you pretty much need him um, in 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 the in the middle of the of the park as as a centre back next to Akanji, I think. Uh, because the yellow out, I mean, there's there's only I mean, top work is not really an option. I, I think for the centre back position and Johan Weigel, um, he has done an okay job as a centre back in, in a couple of matches uh, past few months, but um, still against Bayern, I think you you need someone like Sagadu, especially with Bayern playing all these cross passes into the box all the time. It's um, I think about. 22 per match, but against Freiburg, for instance, they played over 30 cross passes. Um, so someone like Sagadu, who's really tall and who can be an authority in the air, um, it's 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 something you should think about. Uh, you know, when you choose your backline, that Sagadu is is uh, really um, it should be a reliable in the air against Lewandowski, especially, um, and really you know just letting him not. Get his hat or something else uh, on the ball when when they play these these high cross passes at least. Um, so I think you need Sagadu in the center. So um, Sagadu as left back would be an option. And also when he plays uh, you know outside, um, he he just looks a little bit stiff and not really a little bit out of water actually. And just Sagadu is in center back and not a left back, although he has played a left back position a couple of times last year. Um, but still, it's it's not really his position I think. So yeah, there you go, um, Wolf. 
Smelter or Guerrero, I think. Well, choose one of them. For for Dortmund, I think this has couldn't come at a worse time that they are basically stripped of all left backs because especially against Bayern Munich, um, as you already said, um, the fullbacks are extremely important. Be it the right back or the left back, um, I think every Dortmund win against Bayern had a lot to do with this very strong fullback performance. Uh, you know, the three uh, one win from Dortmund in Munich in two thousand. 10 for example or uh, no 2011 it was but the 2010-2011 season um, everyone will remember that it was uh, Marcel Schmelzer and Kevin Großkreuz doubling up on Iron Robben and um, you know I think even Erik Durm had a couple of really good outings against Bayern Munich and, and so on and so forth and Pischek of course against Ribéry is, is a battle for the ages <laughs> uh, and now it's a battle for the aged and but I don't. I don't know if we'll, we'll get to see this one. But it's uh, you know it could be. Ribéry played very well in the first leg, at, le- at least in the first half, and then completely tailed off. So maybe uh, Kovac will think to himself, okay, what if we play Ribéry in the first half and then bring on Coman in the second half against maybe an ailing Pischek or so? Um, that's m- something I would probably probably do, especially Ribéry in, in this sort of game is always uh, very much on fire. And will not really, uh, you know, just slack off as he so often does. But the, the, the bigger problem, I think, is really Dortmund's left side because Joshua Kimmich is leading, uh, Bayern Munich in assists in the Bundesliga. He has 10 assists already. Uh, Serge Gnabry is the second best goal scorer. Um, he has, uh, seven goals, I think. So it's, it's not too prominent, but, uh, he has, uh, you know, especially in the last months, he, he was basically Bayern's lifeline very often the difference maker for them so um i think the the duo of Kimmich and, and Gnabry will be um yeah absolutely crucial for Bayern's success and, and trying to stifle that will be very very difficult even if you have your best players so um i don't know Konstantin i i would actually tend to to risk Marcel Schmelzer there and just hope that he within the first 10 or 15 minutes can get a grip somehow and then use his experience to um yeah make up for his his lack of of rhythm and and form but honestly i i can't really tell you if that's a smarter option than guerrero or uh or, or wolf even i i think it it would probably work out better than wolf but i i feel like it doesn't really matter who you play it could both disaster either way and then uh, you will point the blame at whoever is the, the poor guy who has been picked to start in that position but at the same time, I don't want to be too pessimistic, uh, right at the, right at the bet. I, I think Dortmund have a very good chance of, um, of hurting Bayern as well on, on the counter. Um, so, Konstantin, do you believe that Dortmund will take a couple of lessons from the first encounter from their 3-2 win over Bayern Munich, especially how they approached the beginning of the match? Because if we all remember for the first 20 or 30 minutes, Dortmund were absolutely pummeled. And, uh, you know, we're pretty lucky to, you know, not be completely out of the tie by then. Right. Um, maybe, maybe not. Um, <laughs> no, no, because, because what you have to, just looking back at the past few weeks or so, um, and, and watching Bayern matches, especially, I think what we, what we have to look at is the Liverpool match, uh, both, both legs actually. Um, because what, what you can see is that, um, in the Hinrunde, 
um, un until the end of the year, Bayern had a more aggressive style, but was more vulnerable to counterattacks. Especially the, 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 the loss against Dortmund, uh, at Dortmund was, was very much a blueprint for how to beat Bayern. Uh, because of course Bayern dominated 30 minutes, 40 minutes, maybe you know it, but still, uh, they were vulnerable to counterattacks. And especially in the second half, they couldn't, uh, counterpress effectively and they were just counterattack to death after all. Um, <laughs> <Literally>. so. <laughs> well, not literally, yeah. but. You know, no, not literally. <laughs> Okay, Stefan, right? Uh, yeah, it's, it's just football. No, but, but still, um, and, and that's, and that's something you have to think about. Um, so, and what Kovac did, um, at one point, I don't know when he really decided uh, to do that, but he decided to switch to a more cautious style, um, which you, you know, just watch the second Liverpool match. Basically, Bayern had to, Draw one one two two something uh, against Liverpool to go uh, to go uh, on to the quarterfinals, but they were so hesitant. Uh, Lewandowski and the two wingers were out there on their own, no support, no support by uh, one of the midfielders, no support by by one of the fullbacks because they were all behind the ball. They were all hesitant to move upfield. Um, so, um, what Bayern is the mo? I think. Especially threatening when they really, you know, push forward and when there are only two center backs left and even, even one of them maybe pushes forward a little bit, like Boateng does uh, at times. Um, and then they really can like cage an opponent. However, they are vulnerable to counterattack still. And if, if let's say Witzel or Delaney or so gets a, you know, gets a grip of the ball at one point, then, then Dortmund is, is a threat and counterattacks. Uh, very much that's what uh, Dortmund just did in the uh, past few matches. I mean, just look at, at the Hertha match at the Wolfsburg against Hertha. Uh, at, at, at some point during the match, Dortmund had uh, under 40% ball possession. So they were only only you know effective when they uh, had uh, got a turnover and then counterattacked and against Wolfsburg the same you know. <laughs> yeah, I think it's very fair to say this, that in recent weeks Dortmund struggled severely when other teams parked the bus and they yes you know right now really thrive on on the counterattack and and you know everything else is far and few between. I, I think when they have possession because Bayern Munich will, will press them. Um, it, it's going to be tricky, but Dortmund have shown that they right now have the means to play around the pressing. They just don't really have the means to to play around um, a team that, that parks the bus, but I don't think Bayern will ever really park the bus. So um, that's another aspect to think about. How do you create the connections in midfield with, let's say, the likes of Guerrero and Götze and, and so on and so um, exactly, but but that's that's the point, you know. Um, so you got you got Bayern, who, who basically has to p uh, push forward, has to push, has to have like sixty five percent ball percent, something like that. But on the other hand, uh, Dortmund, if Dortmund can defend effectively, if they don't allow too many chances for Lewandowski, Coman, and so on, then it can very much become a Dortmund match after after a while, after twenty minutes or so. Now, if, if Bayern can't break through, if they have the ball, but they can't, can't break through, and that's, then it comes down to someone like Schmelzer on the left side, if he plays, someone like Piszczek on the right side, if he plays, someone like Delaney in the middle, um, because he's still, there's still a question mark, uh, you know, uh, behind him, 
at least in my mind, um, and not that I want to criticize him, but it's still, I mean, in, in, a, in a match like that, um, it's, you know, you have to see how Delaney does uh, against the likes of Ramos or Goetzka. So, but if Dortmund can, you know, sit deep and let Barn come to them a little bit, but don't allow them to, you know, have all these all these situations, all these threatening situations inside the penalty area, then it can become a Dortmund match. But uh, there's a big if, actually. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a problem that we've seen in, in recent weeks. Bayern really do well against deep-sitting opponents, you know, which is r really the opposite of, of what Dortmund have done. And, uh, you know, the further you push back, the, the likelier it is for, for Bayern to create chances because, as you just said, you know, what was it, 22 crosses on average? Um, especially, you know, uh, the likes of James or or Kimmich even... There are a lot of, of half-field crosses where, where they don't run all the way through the touchline and uh, they're really difficult to defend because uh, they have the players that can actually deliver a really dangerous cross where then, uh, you know, a midfielder, be it Müller or Lewandowski or Thiago or whoever makes a run into the box and, and the advantage of the speed then often allows them to connect with the cross against Freiburg. It uh, was really close for, for Bayern to, to pull this one off a couple of times. Um, this, this move and they've really made it a trademark currently to, to just pump balls into the box and hope that someone with the speed runs into it. And, you know, these are also very hard to save. So, um, yeah, Dortmund really cannot allow themselves to, to be ball watching at all. And they really need to manage to, to put pressure on whoever is, uh, you know, able to, to float it across into the box. But it's, uh, very, <laughs> you know, it's easier said than done, to be honest, because of, of the speed and athleticism Bayern have that they usually buy themselves a, a bit of space just, uh, with their individual physique. Let's put it this way. So, um, yeah. There, there are a lot of concerns, and obviously Robert Lewandowski is uh, looking to get his 200th Bundesliga goal. Um, oh, really? Is he? Yeah. Okay. So, um, and and, and <laughs> he has scored a lot of goals against uh, Dortmund since since joining Bayern. And and you know he he cares about these kind of statistics, yeah, right? He does. Um. So. Yeah, it, it's going to be also very interesting because there's a flavor um, in this game that wasn't there in the first leg or in a reverse fixture, that, and that was Thiago. He uh, tried really hard to not be in this game because he is on four bookings, and uh, against Freiburg, he um, you know had a couple of blatant tactical fouls, but uh, I think the referee dingered it was, um, let him off the hook repeatedly, so he is in the game. And um, for all the... Um, on the ball skills, we usually lot Thiago about in the recent games when I've watched him play, especially also against Liverpool. Um, what I always realize is that he right now is really good at, at intercepting and, and tackling the ball when, when you know, your opponent is in transition and then at the same time take advantage of, of the space that is open because the, you know, opponent will be out of formation. So, um, this is something that Favre, I need, I think, needs to write in, in huge capital letters, um, on the, uh, whiteboard or whatever. Do not lose the ball against Thiago in transition or, uh, yeah, that would be, uh, close to suicide, I, I guess. So, um, I'm pretty sure he will play. 
Um, I don't know if Martinez will play or Goretzka. I think uh, we will see the midfield uh, three of Thiago, James plus X. Uh, knowing Kovac, I would presume it's it's Martinez. I guess so. But I agree. I guess because because what I said, he's he's very, he's very cautious in these kind of matches. Well, so. well, the the one the one argument is maybe you know he will show a reaction from the loss against Liverpool because he maybe took he so much flack from his players about being very defensive and and not. Uh, you know brave enough and all that so maybe we will see a counter reaction to that again uh, you never know um but uh, I, I would say the influence of Bayern players is well documented when they complain so and and, and also and also if you if you look at uh, the setup it's it's just that Martinez is not effective at all in the build up he's he's a non factor when when Bayern is building up so um he's a Spanish to, Delaney you say <laughs> to Whoa. <laughs> uh go going hard here. Um in, insulting Delaney like that. Uh what's <laughs> um no but but seriously, it's just um that Martinez is a non factor and uh, I've been one one thing that might be uh you know playing in the hands of Dortmund is their is their pressing. I mean it's very man oriented, so you don't know if it really works out against Bayern, but it could it, it may be, it might be, and uh, especially if Martinez on the pitch. So you can, you know, basically defend defend man, man against man, but um let Martinez unmarked. So that you know, ch- just lure them in a little bit. And that maybe they play the uh, ball to Martinez, they meaning, you know, Hummel, Sulo, Boateng, who else, um, to Martinez. And then, you know, someone like Witzel can pressure him immediately. So, you know, setting up a pressing trap against Martinez might be something or is something worth thinking about if he plays. Especially uh, great- considering that mm-hmm. Martinez has a very long history of making weird fuck ups at home to Dortmund. Yeah, but, but it's just usually, you know, that's, usually yes. more or less last ditch efforts that spectacularly yeah. fail. But you know, and that, that's one thing. And also the other is that just you know, and looking at other matches, just Martinez is really a non-factor. They they basically play around him, but don't get him really involved in in, in these kind of build-up situations against you know a strong pressing side, a strong pressing team like Liverpool or maybe Dortmund or a few others. Um, so it would be interesting to see what, what, uh, how Dortmund could maybe benefit from Martinez on the pitch. Um, as opposed to Goretzka, who, you know, he has, has just uh, recently played as a number 10 for the German national team. So he's a far better technician. Uh, someone who's, uh, really resistant against pressing, against pressure. Uh, he, he stays calm and collected, um, when he's pressured. So, um, you can't play the same thing against, uh, Goretzka because Plus Goretzka you, has you, been in brilliant form. In, in recent that's, weeks. That's, yes. I, I, I even think that maybe if Goretzka is on the pitch, he, uh, Kovac might, you know, no, no, he won't drop Ramos at this point. But you never know. But, you know, it's just with Goretzka, you can't leave him open because if, if he gets some space, he will just, uh, you know, run down the field and, and will go uh, against your, your, uh, central midfielders and uh, trouble is, is coming. So, um, but with Martinez on the pitch, you can, you can, um, set out a few pressing traps and that would be interesting because then, then you got to turn over maybe whatever, 40 yards, uh, close to Neuer's goal. And that's, you know, that's a perfect situation for, uh, Royce and Sancho and Götze, um, to just then, uh, have a, t- a quick transition attack, you know, um, 30 yards or so down the field and, and you can score quickly. So, 
um, it's interesting to uh, to think about uh, what what happens if Martinez is on, on on the pitch actually. Yeah, let's shift the focus a little bit to Dortmund again. Um, Konstantin Freiburg put out a bit of a blueprint um, on on Saturday where they um, had really good interchanging between um, a high press and a mid press in the in the first twenty minutes. Obviously. They couldn't sustain it, and then Bayern got got uh, better. But uh, in that time, first of all, Freiburg took the lead. I think after two or three minutes, and uh, then created a couple more decent chances, uh, considering the uh, players they have. And um, they they played really well around Bayern's pressing, and um, yeah, took the game to Bayern. Do you think this is something that Dortmund should try to do? Especially at the beginning, or do you do you think they should like a, a heavyweight fight? Just wait for the for the uh, later rounds to strike the knockout blow. What if you were Lucien Favre? Would you take the Jurgen Klopp approach uh, that he has shown so many times against Bayern, where you go out all guns blazing and, and just put pin them down and then uh, hope to profit from from that you know early storm or do you think you should weather the storm yourself from Bayern and then go from there? Dortmund uh, haven't been really convincing in the in the first half <laughs> recently. So I mean I don't know that the I, I remember the the old Jurgen Klopp approaches to really try to score in the first twenty five minutes or so. But if you don't um, you're gonna be a bit tired. <laughs> yeah you got you got a bit a bit tired. Just remember the Champions League final uh, for instance, you know, you, you, uh, d uh, didn't score. Um, and then, you know, Bayern took over after 40 minutes or so. Um, and that could happen. I, if, if Dortmund doesn't, uh, if, they, if they don't score, um, and I think they won't, uh, in the early, in the early minute. I mean, you, you, sure. I mean, if, if, if it's like Freiburg and you score after three minutes or so, uh, perfect. Of course. I mean, and that can always happen. Of course. I mean, it, sure. I mean, just one, as you said, one Martinez fuck up or something, one <laughs> pressing trap, uh, works out and, and, uh, Sancho scores after, uh, five minutes or so. And then, you know, there you go. But if, if you don't, you, you will be tired. And I think, uh, considering that, um, the difficult, Fullback situation, for instance, you know, where, where you have, um, where you will have a back line that's, that's just a little bit of a mess <laughs> and no matter who plays. Um, and then you also got like tired wingers, um, who, who can't, after, I don't know, 45 or, or 50, 60 minutes, who cannot support the fullbacks to, uh, to their fullest anymore. It's like, if that's really what you want, I don't know. On the other hand, if you just wait, you could be like a uh, you know a mouse trapped by by a big fat cat. <laughs> big fat cat is is uh, you know uh, Bayern Munich with um, <laughs> Nico Kovac. Uh, no, but uh, really uh, that that's what also could happen. You know, just wait and sit back. It's what a lot of teams try against Bayern, and usually it doesn't work out. Um, of course, they, they have more quality individual quality and a quality as a team than than most Bundesliga sides have but but still um it's it's it can be dangerous especially with, with a little bit of a messed up backline um and so I don't know if that's if that's what you should do I think what the best approach I think the, the, the typical Lucien Farfer approach because when you ask Lucien Farfer if he wants to go aggressive or he wants to be passive then he will just say yes um <laughs> Is that that uh, they they will Passive apply? Favre, you say? 
that's yeah that's it's a it's also a aggressive passive father it's just he's he's just cold and warm at the same time you know he's he's just swiss <laughs> he stays neutral um yeah, but but seriously i mean what what i think what they will do is they will apply a high press here and there um they will backtrack a little bit they will play a like a like a middle press mid midfield press um and they will sit deep at our times i don't think there will be like they they won't go out guns placing i don't think they will do that because like like if that thing goes wrong you're you know you're three, three goals behind before half time or something like that um i, I think i think what they what will try to do is play a high press early on and see how it works out. We come back to the Martinez situation. Maybe Martinez plays. Then you know that can can really be a factor in this in this in this matchup here. Um, if he doesn't play, you know, it's a little bit more difficult to apply a high press effectively. But still, they can try that. Maybe it it will work, and they will you know go ahead with that. Or they will see okay, we don't we don't really have a chance to to force a turnover uh, in Bayern's half, so we will we will uh, move a little bit backwards. So, because playing a high press means you waste more energy early on and and uh, in 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 a smaller period of time. Um, so, I think they will try something like that, and that's what a lot of Dortmund sides have done against Bayern in the past, and sometimes you know successfully, sometimes unsuccessfully. Um, but I think that's that's what they will will, will do. Um, going out like and, and just sitting deep from the from the first minute on, I don't think that's. That's what Dortmund uh, should do and will do. I, mean, I don't think Favre will tell them to just, you know, go out and uh, just, uh, you know, line up around the penalty area. That's, of course not. But uh, you have to think about how much energy you can waste, um, especially with you know, somewhat of a, of a difficult situation as far as personnel goes. Yeah, I really wonder. Um, I, I mean, to, to add to your point, I think it's it's absolutely key that Dortmund really interchange their their high press mid press and then then a low block and and multiple times within one half so you keep Bayern guessing and don't just fall into the same patterns and and uh, make it easier for your opponent to to just pick you apart on whatever you're doing right now I think Dortmund should stay proactive even though you know being proactive sometimes also means being a little bit more passive just to change things up um but I do wonder, um, the last game, the 3-2 win was the first time in I don't know how many years where Dortmund were actually the fitter team in the last half hour and Bayern significantly dropped off. Um, I haven't seen that before ever, I, I think, in, in that way where Dortmund usually, you know, if they won a game, Dortmund, you know, went up relatively early or was scoreless for a long time and then nicked it. But it was never like like that. That Bayern were completely without a chance in the last five or ten minutes when they were probing Dortmund. It's it's also you know just uh, looking at the bigger picture here. Um, going back a, f a couple of years, I just mentioned Champions League final uh, back then, 2013, 2014, and so on. And uh, Bayern was just one of the most physical and most athletic, uh, athletically gifted sides in Europe. And also, of course, in the Bundesliga in that regard. Um, so, and, and Bayern really, they didn't really rely on athleticism, but in some of these close matches, they did. I, I think it makes a big difference. I still think that, as, that as, Bayern have the edge, especially physically, over, over most opponents in terms of, of strength. In, mm, yeah, yeah, they, in addition they, they to that. Yeah, well, I, I still think they have to some extent. Maybe they I, don't have to I, say. I don't know. 
maybe they don't have the same stamina and maybe they run out mm -hmm. of their strength sooner. But I, I still think that, you know, <laughs> they still weigh a ton more than, when, than Dortmund players and, and can still bully them around a little bit here and there. Not <laughs> to the same extent as, as before, but I still mm -hmm. think it, it's, it's more an advantage toward Bayern than the other way around. I, maybe, but I, I just think age plays a factor. Um, I, I just think Dortmund is the younger side. Um, because you have to, you have to consider that, that a couple of, uh, a couple of Bayern players are just, you know, age plays a factor. And I think they, they peaked around 2014 or so, um, athletically. And they, they have, have declined. Of course, there's uh, some of, some fresh blood in there with Goretzka, for instance. Lewandowski, who's probably one of the most athletically gifted uh, set of forwards around the world, I and mean, it's just you know, it's just just a fact. And uh, Coman and Gnabry, fresh blood is in there, but still, I think Bayern is not in, in terms of athleticism and stamina is not where they were a couple of years ago. And and Dortmund, of course, they can bully them around a little bit, but but Dortmund is, is the younger side, the quicker side, also, I think. Um, overall, I, I, I mean, of course, Napoli might be the fastest player on the pitch, um, since Hakimi is out. Um, but still, um, Dortmund might be a little bit quicker on their feet as a team. Um, I don't know if that's true, but just, just what I feel. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I think, I think when you look at the center backs, for instance, like Akanji, uh, and, and even Sagadu, a little bit more dynamic than Hummels, Boateng, and even Süle. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so, uh, of course, now Hakimi is out, but, but look at Wolf. Um, he can keep up with, with Bayern's uh, athletes. Jaden Sancho is d definitely lightning quick. Uh, Jaden Sancho is quick. Guerrero is quick. Uh, Royce is incredibly fast. Um, Even though he has lost a step, I feel, but, but still, yeah. But, but he, what, what, you know, a couple of, uh, <laughs> like three, three years ago or so, he was one of the quickest, like, a, um, he wasn't really number 10. He wasn't really a winger. He wasn't really in a uh, center forward. Something in between there. Uh, but, but, you know, uh, he was something like a Neymar or so, uh, playing the Neymar position, basically. But, uh, you know, compared to these kind of players, he was really, really fast. Um, yes, also Götze, of course, we know uh, some issues in terms of athleticism and in terms of his fitness, but, uh, you know, he has regained some of that at least. Um, and, and so I, I think Dortmund might be the quicker side. That also Prune Larsen on the bench. Uh, Paco can, can be a quick player. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I haven't seen him too quick yet. Yeah, you just just we watched the the uh, win over Bayern. <laughs> he was he was pretty fast when he outpaced Martinez. Yes, at the end obviously. and scored the third goal against yeah. Martinez. Even Alcasa looks quick. That's true. Um, yeah, it's it's all the context is king. Yes, yes. it is. It is. Um, <laughs> speaking of Alcasa and Royce, uh, I really think that considering that Dortmund will try to put their focus on on the transition, mm, yeah, most likely. Uh, than anything else that Royce will play up front. I th you you sent me a graphic of of the lineup you think uh, Dortmund will will use, and you also put uh, Marco Royce up front there. Um, I I think you need to have both Götze and um, Royce on on the field, and um, knowing Favre, he will not go to a four one four four one formation. So that means he will have two holding midfielders, and then if you want to have uh, Alcasa, that means you you either have Götze sort of on, on the wing 
like as a as may, mm. maybe as a very central hybrid winger ish or or so or Royce or um yeah I don't know it, it it feels weird because you would mess a lot with Dortmund's structure overall how they play in that four two three one so I assume that Alcasa will start on the bench and then Royce up top and and Götze as a number ten I don't I don't think uh, we will see Alcasa from the start. Right, and also also that lineup gives you a couple of options. Go, uh, you know, um, in the um, during the match. So um, let's let's say Dortmund is behind by one goal up to the sixty fifth, seventieth uh, minute. Also, then you can bring on Alcazar um, for let's say Delaney. You can move um, Götz a little bit back, and you can play. Um, basically, then uh, Royce as a number ten, um, Götz as number eight, and and Alcaza as the number nine as a set of four. I, I completely so, un- agree with you, hundred percent. That's, or, that's or what I would do. <laughs> yes, or, or or if you just say it's it's just you know goalless draw or something, uh, but you need f- uh, someone with fresh legs, you can you know bring on Alcazar for Götze, for instance, and Royce plays number 10 or something like that. So there are there are a couple of options you have with, with I think, with Alcazar on the bench. And also, I don't know if he's really, especially early on, uh, if Dortmund just needs pressing ability and stability defensively, I don't think Alcazar is really uh, someone you need. No. Um, he's someone you could, you may need uh, for the knockout blow. Just like in the in the Hinrunde when they won against Spain, you know, someone for for a late goal or something. Just like against Wolfsburg. <laughs> um, so, but I I is more something uh, at least uh, right now. I mean, it might change next season. Right, right now he's just uh, someone who can score that one deciding goal, but not someone who can really contribute to anything else. In terms of you know ball circulation and pressing and transition attacks um, early on, like when when uh, Hummels and Süle are fresh, I don't know if really Alcazar will make nah, a difference. He, I don't know. He's it, most likely to be bullied. And if I may make another point, um, yeah. Marco Royce is the leader and the captain, and when he gives the quote unquote pressing impulse, then usually. His teammates will follow, and uh, I am more comfortable when Marco Royce is sort of the head of the snake, the the leader of that whole pressing o- operation, and, and tries to to keep it coherent. We know uh, that Marco Royce has an incredible work rate, and that his pressing is super s- smart. And if you have Mario Götze in behind with his uh, talent for um, you know his positional play in, in, in pressing, and, and maybe if you you know, shape more into a four four two than you have got up front as well. And I, I think um that alone is is a very good um reason to play Marco Royce instead of Alcasa. And then another point I think we've seen this season so far and uh is also really what you just said that I think that opponents find it very easy to adapt to Alcasa when he um plays from the start that uh, you know center backs sort of get used to what he's doing and his patterns and uh, usually he goes AWOL during a game very often and you're yeah don't don't get too 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 much contribution from him as as you just said but I think still it's it's a valid point that when you bring him on after like 60 70 minutes or so um he changes your structure and especially um center backs that are not as as fit and and uh, maybe as quick with their mind 
Alcázar is then very elusive because he's doing things just so blatantly different than uh, to whatever Marco Reus or wh whoever so uh, did before that um, whatever he he adds um, yeah can really help a team to to have fresh ideas also I I think that's that's something so valuable that you don't want to waste it against Bayern to to start him from the beginning now after my long speech watch uh, Favre start him <laughs> yes <laughs> but uh, yeah I, I I agree with you and um, I don't know the only the only thing I could think about that Favre might want to do again <laughs> Even though it spectacularly failed in the first leg, is is that you play uh, Weigel instead of Delaney, for the sake of of having more press resistance and and something more in the build up. I don't know how much that will, you know, could could help or or not help. But Weigel, at least in in recent uh, weeks, has has been much much better than uh, in that game before. So question over to you, Constantine, would you play? Weigel in midfield and uh, if how would you utilize him um i mean i don't know if you if i would play him right now um just because i haven't really seen him in, in playing in midfield for some time now um he did well as a setup back still is not his ideal position uh, ideal position but um so i i I don't know. I don't know what uh, Weigel brings to the table and that kind of matchup. Um, so if you uh, go for a very pressing-heavy system, then I think Delaney and and um, Witzel is the pairing you should have in center midfield. So um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you yeah, Weigel. Maybe you need him later on in the match if uh, Bayern is ahead. And you need someone, you know, who can um, basically break through Bion's pressing a little bit. Um, you, another go-to guy in a build-up. Uh, because you have to, you know, you have more of... Uh, you have to ball then um, most of the time. And Bion is sitting deep, more or less. I mean, what, what means sitting deep? But, you know, they are, they are more focused on defending uh, than on anything else. So maybe then Weiger is someone you need. But I think for the first 60 minutes or so, it's Delaney and Witzel. And Weiger is, you know, someone you have to keep a, 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 in your mind. I really, for, I really do wonder if, if Fabre will play the Dahoud card out of the blue again, because that worked really out in the first leg. Because sometimes you, uh, you know, in the, I don't want to say first leg anymore. It's dumb because it's, it's not a knockout tie over two legs, yeah, but, um, yes. people know what I mean. It's months, months ago, you know, the, the reverse fixture. Anyway, um, yes, yes, sim yes. similar to Thiago, who can be a very aggressive ball winner in the latter stages of a game. And, uh, as I said previously, when, when things are not as structured and, and as compact anymore, um, he can really have a big impact that way. So um, I would not entirely count that scenario out, especially looking at the bench. Um, Favre does not have Pulisic available. Brun Larsen um, could be an option, but I'm not too wild about him. So um, in, in terms of, of uh, attacking uh, tweaks, I think Favre will probably put on Alcasa and then try something else in, in, in midfield maybe. I don't know uh, how he restructures that, but I, I think, um, you know, just 
to to shake things up in the middle of the park this is usually where the game is won anyway so um why not try your luck there to to get the upper hand over Niko Kovac um Konstantin in the first game this season we really saw that Favre also won the tactical battle um have you seen anything from Kovac in his development as a Bayern coach since then that would maybe suggest to you that uh, yeah, Kovac has simply developed into a better coach and, and can maybe gain the upper hand or do you still think that Favre is likelier to win the tactical battle over 90 minutes in this tie? It's it's likelier than Favre will win the tactical battle. I mean, I, I don't really see much of much progress in or much 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 going on in in let's let's say Kovac's progress as a as a tactician. Um, so no, um, it's just Kovac does what he does. Um, just, um, there's not much changed. I mean, the tactical Bayern's tactical approach approach has changed slightly or maybe significantly you <laughs> can you know you can discuss that but it's not like Kovac has done something so so surprising also it's it's just um it's pretty much the opposite of what Pep Guardiola did with Bayern um it's it's cautious style um and um it's focus on stability um and it's it's basically a co not not copying but um Uh, somewhat copying what uh, how Kovac was successful with Frankfurt, uh, although of course Bayern has to play a little bit differently, have you know higher ball position rates and so on. Um, but 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 still, it's it's just and uh, there's not much development, I think, and that's why there's so much criticism. There's so much uh, this uh, so much talk about um, uh, Bayern replacing Kovac, uh, you know, after the season. I don't know if it will happen, but um, it, it might be, uh, you know. I don't know. Depends on uh, who is available and so on and so forth. But um, yes. yeah, let's not look too far ahead into Bayern's future. Um, for both sides, I think it's a, it's a really big game. Um, I think we have covered most. Anything else you want to talk about? Left side, Coman Alaba or the Thiago factor or anything else? in particular or highlight again how Dortmund's midfield trio can work out or what Zagadou can do with forward runs or no I, th I think I think we covered much of what we what we have to cover I guess, yeah right? I mean we can't really predict what happens anyway because um you know as football games especially between Dortmund and Bayern often go uh, there's something completely unpredictable and the runoff play um Yeah, makes it hard to, to guess how, how things will go. So um, I think we can leave it here. Konstantin, thanks again for, for coming on and uh, talking with me about this game. And uh, yeah, we will certainly be back with another episode tomorrow or the day after. So please tell our listeners how to get in touch with you on Twitter. Uh Just follow me, cc underscore eckner. Wonderful, thank you. Will you have any any uh, thing in written form for Spielverlagerung.com available as a preview um, or something no, else? Not as, pre not, not as a preview, no, maybe a post-match uh, article. If Dortmund wins. <laughs> If if Dortmund wins decisively, we have one up. Um, so we we won't. Uh, no, it's just uh, because I'm I'm gone over the weekend. I will 
probably watched a match in a bar or so. Uh, probably with a couple of Bayern fans and a couple of Dortmund fans, so that will be something. Uh, but I don't know if I'm, you know, just capable of writing a very cohesive <laughs> um, match report. So uh, maybe, after, maybe not. After I the don't know. concussion you suffered in the bar fight, right? I, 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 I mean, there will be, there might be a bar fight, but I won't suffer concussion. You know, I would just, you know, keep my guard up and, you know, dodge some bullets and, uh, dodge some punches and, uh, go for, go for a left hook and then, you know, up, operate, of course. Of course. <laughs> all right. Of course, you can also find me at Stefan Wutzko on Twitter. You can get in touch with all of us at Yellow World Pod on Facebook and Twitter. If you want to subscribe to our show, uh, please go to iTunes, Stitcher and SoundCloud. And uh, I hope our uh, yeah latest episodes make up a little bit for uh, me not being able to produce anything in the uh, international break. So um, yeah, I I know the the Hertha win has fallen flat a little bit, and I'm truly sorry about that. And I hope uh, we can make it up to you with a bit more extended coverage about the Bayern game. So um, thanks again for listening, and uh, you will hear from us later this week. And goodbye.